0: Welcome to the first episode of She I'm Kristen. It's nice to meet you. I really love that color on you. It really brings out your eyes. This is kind of beginning to sound like a first date, but hey, it kind of is. Some of you do know me from a podcast called Coffin Cast, some of you don't, which it's fine. You're all welcome. So let's talk about what exactly She is going to be. It's going to be a podcast that relies heavily on audience input. Once there is an audience, I guess I should put that in parentheses. Every week or biweekly, depending on what my release schedule is going to end up being, I'm going to ask for a word or a subject on Twitter or even a concept, just like anything. Then I'm going to shoot the shit about it. And it could be something as simple as the word lies, for instance. And then I'll talk about a time I lied or I'd been lied to or my opinion on lying or big lies throughout history or something like that. And what's even better, I will have guests sometimes, so we will wax philosophically on it. I have some amazing friends in the podcast world, and I intend to bring them along. So basically, that's the whole mission statement. If you're still here, great, let's get this episode started. If you're not, well, then you're not hearing this anyway, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, the word of the day is, uh, oh wait. No one's given me one yet. Hold on a sec, let me ask on Twitter... Oh yeah, by the way, that's how you suggest topics. You can find me at shetorical, all lowercase, she, like rhetorical, but with a she instead of a, you know. So hold on for a sec and I'll go grab a word and be right back. Thank you for listening to She Someone will be with you shortly. Thank you for your patience. <music> Thank you for listening to She Someone will be with you shortly. Thank you for your patience. Thanks so much for your patience. Okay, so today's subject, we got it right here. Hold on. All right. Today's subject is from Dan at Assorted Goods PC. He's a fellow podcaster and a good friend, so definitely check him out. And in case you didn't know what his podcast was called, it's Assorted Goods. Duh. Dan also has a fantastic NPR voice, so you know you need to listen. Anyway, today Dan suggested good slash... Bad, well, fuck, I guess we're getting in deep right away let's 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 get this party started, shall we? So I'm gonna start this like an essay that my ninth grade teacher probably would have given me an f over what is bad? What is good? Let's look up these definitions together on trusty old google it's It's Google time. all right. So we're going to type in, see, I'm I'm literally doing this on the fly. See, no scripts. Google.com. Hear me typing? That's me typing. And then we're going to type in good. So you know on Google, when you type in something like just a word, it'll come up with the definition first. And it's from, just to give you an idea and to give credit where credit is due. This is from the Oxford Languages. So... There are so many definitions, but we'll, we'll go through a few. Um, as an adjective, good is to be desired or approved of, i.e. a good quality of life. Um, expressing approval. The play had good reviews. Or two, having the qualities required for a particular role. The schools here are good. That seems kind of weird. All right, and then kind of scrolling down, possessing or displaying moral virtue. I've met many good people who've made me feel ashamed of my own shortcomings, As the example. Alright, showing kindness, obedient to rules or conventions. Uh, let's see, giving pleasure, enjoyable, or satisfying, sexy. Um, thorough, which I guess could also be sexy, I don't know. So as a noun, it can be that which is morally right or righteous, a mysterious battle of good and evil, which is what we're talking about today. Or two, benefit or advantage to someone or something. He convinces his father to use his genius for the good of mankind. So that's good. Let's let's look at bad. Now, here, here we're typing again. Bad. I bet that's more... Oh, it brings up Michael Jackson's bad first. So maybe we need to put in bad definition. Definition of bad. So it's basically... The opposite, again, according to the Oxford languages, everything here is just opposite of the good stuff. Um, Poor quality, low standard, not such as to be hoped for or desired, unfavorable, adverse, failing to conform to the standards of moral virtue or acceptable conduct, regretful or guilty or ashamed, worthless, not valid. Damn, that's harsh. Okay. So... Literally, the definitions of the two are opposites. So that's that's great. <laughs> that tells us a lot. So when you google, like I said, also when you google good versus bad, it's really weird. So it pops up with this whole slew of YouTube videos under a channel called 123GO and it's good girl versus bad girl. It seems to be in some kind of school setting. And it seems like it's geared towards kids, but then there's one video that's soft versus firm. So I don't know, but we're just, we're, we're gonna leave that alone. Okay, we're just gonna push that away. Moving on, <laughs> while good and bad are subjective terms, is there anything that is universally good or universally bad? Okay, let's start with universally good. So what is universally good? Babies, getting paid is universally good, right? being with friends, puppies and kittens, hobbies, love, but then again let's look back on these things. Babies. Okay babies can be good for people that want them. Babies can be bad for say a rape victim or a teenager that's not ready or a young person that's not ready to have a baby so that's that's one spin. Uh, what else? Getting paid. What are you getting paid for? Did you, like, do a hit out on somebody? You know, I guess that's that's kind of a bad thing. Uh, being with your friends, unless your friends are really mean to you and abusive towards you, then I guess they're not really your friends anyway. I mean, can puppies and kittens be bad? Let's think about this for a second. I don't think they can. Um, hobbies, unless your hobby is killing people or beating up people. I mean, if it's consensual beating up like boxing or wrestling or something i guess that's okay let's look at the universally bad because this is getting confusing so murder can be bad death anger uh war is bad okay so murder what if the person was abusive and their spouse had to murder them in self-defense i is is it bad then i i don't know i'm i'm not going there Um, is death bad if somebody's in pain and pain as in like you know they have a terminal illness and it's slowly killing them and death would be a release for them um anger being angry at things that are (laughs) bad (laughs) see this is getting confusing thanks dan for the for this subject i really appreciate it war for a good reason can be good That's why this topic is so hard. It's like most of these things can be good or bad on the surface, but depending on the situation, they can have a positive or negative spin. So, like I said, thanks, Dan. You picked a real easy one to start with. So no one is all good and all bad, but it's easier to put people into those categories like good slash bad. So Hitler, bad. Gandhi, good. Mother Teresa, good. Charles Manson bad. What if I told you that Gandhi slept with naked young girls including family members to test his virtue? If you don't believe me, google it. That's not good. Does that discount all the good stuff he did? I mean, that's not really for me to say. It's kind of a thin line that I'm not going to cross on my first episode. I'll be happy to be cancelled later. So now let's talk about Mother Teresa. You may be saying to yourself, what the hell did she do? What? She's a saint. She didn't do anything. Well, yeah, maybe she did, maybe she didn't. So supposedly, she would encourage her nuns to perform what was called deathbed baptisms, regardless of the person's religion. They could be Hindu, they could be Muslim, they could be Buddhist, Jewish, it didn't matter. The nuns would be putting holy water on the brow of the dying person with a cloth... You know, pretending it was just regular water and all they were doing was soothing them. When in actuality, they were performing, again, these death rite baptisms, meaning they were converting these people to Catholicism without their knowledge or consent. Now, depending, you know, on how you look at religion, that may be a minor offense. But still, it's kind of doing something against someone's will. So that's a little iffy and uncool. But also her charity for the poor was accused of misappropriating funds that were meant to go strictly to taking care of the poor to her missionary work. So her missionary work, quote-unquote, being her traveling around the world and meeting famous people. Now, she may not have known anything about that. That could have been business managers or whatever. That's neither here nor there. But there's so many controversies surrounding Mother Teresa, that there is a Wikipedia page that is dedicated just to those scandals. So I highly recommend, you know, taking the time to look at it. I'm not going to go over every single one. Look at it. Make your own opinion. But those two aren't the only ones I mentioned. Oh no, we have Hitler and Manson. Yay. Adolf Hitler and Charles Manson. I'm going to preface this by saying I do not think either of them are redeemable in any sort of way. But what I'm going to say about them will kind of illustrate a point I'm trying to make. So Hitler did not grow up wanting to be a brutal, murdering asshole. He didn't grow up wanting to do that. He wanted to be a painter. And he was he was a pretty decent painter. I mean, if you Google his art... It's better than anything I could do. It's better than a lot of people could do. But he's still an awful person, so I feel bad even, like, complimenting his paintings. But he failed. He wanted to get into a specific art school. I don't remember the name of it. And he failed an entrance. uh, Let's try that again. An entrance exam twice. So, yes, he was an awful person that deserves the hate he gets. Don't get me wrong. But would he have been that guy if he had the chance to go to this school and become a successful artist? Who the hell knows? It didn't happen. So we'll never know. And he killed millions of people. So yes, he's a bad guy. He is quoted as saying, I'm an artist, not a politician. Once the Polish question is settled, I want to end my life as an artist. Well, that didn't happen. So fuck you, Adolf. Charles Manson was a musician and a songwriter before he was a cult leader and orchestrator of Murders of Innocence. He wrote a song called Cease to Exist for the Beach Boys that appeared as a B-side on their Blue Birds Over the Mountain single, but it was credited to his then-friend Dennis Wilson, who changed most of the lyrics and the arrangement. And the title, and he changed that title to Never Learn Not to Love. So look that up. And Manson was justifiably pissed. Dennis explained himself and said, hey, he accepted these changes. He said it was fine if I gave him money and a motorcycle, which I did. But the story goes that Manson carried that anger in him for a long time. Now, did this throw him into a killing rage, which made him command his followers to murder innocent people? Who knows? still no excuse so good or bad you know it isn't so black and white and i think sometimes it's easier for us to write off someone as bad or evil or what have you so that we don't have to look at them through the human lens and kind of compare ourselves to them like okay so what does that mean well if you take hitler and manson into account how many of us have failed at something we really felt passionate about did we go off and murder people or start world wars? No. But when we look at the human side of these monsters, we have to take a look at ourselves as well. That's why it's even hard for me to say, you know, it was hard for me to say what I just said about them. We all know, you know, that we love to be introspective of the bad parts of ourselves. We want to believe, you know, that we're, we're all good people. Like, if you think about yourself... Do you see yourself as a good person or a bad person? A lot of people aren't going to say, I'm, I'm an awful person. I'm a bad human being. Does it matter how you even see yourself? Does that matter? Or does the perception of others, is that the only thing that matters? So I'll put this forth. I think I am mostly a good person, but I am sure there are people who have been in my life who would consider me the villain in their stories. Why is that? You know, I have been judgmental of people in the past who considered me a friend. That's wrong. I justified it at the time by saying, well, other people were doing it too, which is considerably shitty. I, I admit I'm a shitty person sometimes and I shouldn't have done that. I'm better now, I think, now that I've kind of learned that how shitty that can be and how it feels. Um, Also, I had one relationship where someone was really, really good to me, and after a while I got scared and broke it off rather abruptly, and I'm sure he hates my guts to no end, but I feel like if you can learn from the bad stuff, you can become a better person. Like, you're not doomed to be an evil person your entire life if you can overcome it, and even though we live in a society that cancels people sometimes, you know, rightfully so, I don't think... That someone that makes a mistake or says something inappropriate, they should be doomed to cancellation forever. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. I don't think, you know, of course, in instances of like murder, rape, child molestation, things like that. Yeah, you can't really redeem yourself because that's 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 a personal (laughs) defect. But I like to hope that people can change and I'm an eternally optimistic person, so I don't think that you know it's it's as black and white and as permanent as some people like to make it out to be so let's go a little bit further can something appear to be good or bad on the surface but be truly the opposite well sure I mean of course I've got stories for you I'm Kristen I have stories so get comfy it's story time once upon a time Caitlin McClure ran out of gas on an off-ramp in Philly. It was a dark night, as all nights are, when a homeless vet came upon her, Johnny Bobbitt Jr., and he told her to wait in her car, that he'd be right back. He returned a few minutes later, gas canister in tow, having spent his last twenty dollars to help her out. When she got home, she told her boyfriend, Mark D'Amico, and he was so touched that he set up a GoFundMe account for Bobbitt to help him get off the street, and he told his story to anyone that would listen. Soon, the story was picked up by national news outlets. Everyone believed in the goodness of humanity again. Money poured in, and the $10,000 goal was surpassed. Over $400,000. That was absolutely enough for Bobbitt to start over again. Faith in humanity restored. Except it didn't happen. D'Amico came up with a plan to make easy money and enlisted McClure and Bobbitt to make it happen. D'Amico and McClure spent their money on BMWs, trips to Vegas, Louis Vuitton bags, and a helicopter trip over the Grand Canyon, as one does. Bobbitt got a measly 25 k for his part and spent it on friends and family and drugs. He thought he deserved more, so he naturally sued. He assumed D'Amico and McClure would want to keep it quiet, but it got to court and the whole story unraveled. D'Amico and McClure were brought up on federal charges and are spending five years in jail, and they must pay back the money. Bobbitt was sent to a drug treatment center, and if he doesn't comply, he can be sentenced to five years as well. So sometimes what sounds good, in fact, can be bad, to put it simply. But wait, I have another story for you. A sad story. A tale of murder. Bad, bad murder. Skidmore, Missouri. Population of less than 300. Closest big city is St. Joseph, Missouri, if that counts as a big city, really. June 10th, 1981. Ken Rex McElroy was just enjoying a beer after a long day at the D&G Tavern, with his loving wife, Trenna. Trenna went to the truck, and Ken bought a six-pack so they could enjoy the six-pack alone at home, and he returned to the truck. When he got there, he was shot, two bullets striking, and the father of ten, possibly fifteen, was dead. His wife was able to identify the killer, but the killer was never charged. Sad story, isn't it? Hang on a sec, let's go back. So Ken Rex McElroy was known as a town bully. Now, we typically don't deal with bullies by murdering them, and we let the law take care of them, right? Let's back it up again. Let's read off the charges that good old Ken managed to escape over the years. Child molestation, statutory rape, assault, arson, animal cruelty, hog and cattle rustling, and burglary. In total, 21 indictments, and he beat every single one. This man wasn't a bully to Skidmore. He was a domestic terrorist to everyone there. Just to illustrate this further, let's talk about his wife, Trena, for a moment. The one that was so diligently waiting in the car for her beloved husband to return. They met when she was 12 years old. He statutorily raped her on the regular, and she became pregnant at 14 and dropped out of school to live with McElroy and his first wife. So to keep the statutory rape charges at bay, he decided to divorce his first wife and marry Trena. Well, naturally, Trena's family was horrified at this and wouldn't allow the marriage. So Ken, being the level-headed man he was, went to the family's house, burned it down, luckily no one was inside, and if there was any doubt in you, just even the littlest inkling that Ken wasn't a complete nut or monster, he shot their family dog and killed it. They were naturally scared, but not naturally allowed their daughter to go with him. So CPS got wind of it, and Trena and their baby were put into foster care. Ken showed up there too, and he threatened that family's biological daughter and said if he did not receive his wife and daughter back... That he knew what bus she rode and where she went to school. There you go. There's like hundreds of stories about this man, but let's let's skip all that. You can look it up later. Let's talk about the one that got the got his uh, life sentence carried out, so to speak. So one of the dozen McElroy's kids was in a local convenience store, and the clerk Evelyn Sumi saw one of the kids try to shoplift some candy. She told them to put it back, and of course you don't do that to a McElroy kid. There was an argument, and soon Ken showed up, cussing out Evelyn. The owner, 70-year-old Bo Boeing Camp, intervened, and McElroy threatened him. After that, McElroy would stalk the Boeing Camp family, just out- sit outside the business, outside their home for hours at a time. Sometimes his wife, beloved Trenna, would join him. One day, Bo was outside the loading dock waiting for an AC repairman when Ken decided that it was the perfect opportunity to shoot him. He hit him in the neck, narrowly missing his head, and Bo luckily survived, but the town knew Bo wasn't going to be safe for long. McElroy was arrested, and as always, McElroy got out on bail and was already threatening Bo to anyone that would listen. The townsfolk had had enough, and there were meetings with law enforcement asking them to do something, anything before Beau or anyone else ended up dead. Their answer was, how about a neighborhood watch? Naturally, that wasn't enough, and it came to a head on that June day in 1981. Like I said, McElroy and his wife were at the tavern when about 46 of the townspeople showed up and surrounded them. The tavern was full, so the two of them decided, you know, best to finish up our drinks and let's go home. They decided to finish the party at home, got a six-pack on the way, because that's what you do when a mob is about to murder you. When they managed to get to the truck, they were still surrounded, and as I said, Ken was struck twice. Out of the 46 witnesses, no one saw who did it. Trenna did, but it was her word against 46 people. The reign of terror was over, and Trenna took the kids and moved away. So there you have it a murder that made the world a better place or at least Skidmore Missouri either way what i'm trying to get at with this episode good versus bad good slash bad good bad good and bad um <laughs> what i'm trying to get at is that it's not so cut and dry you know there's there's gray areas between good and bad and things that can seem like they're good are bad, and things that are bad can seem like they're good. I guess what I'm trying to say is now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. What might be right for you may not be right for some. A man is born, he's a man of means, then along come two, they got nothing but their genes. But they got different strokes. It takes different strokes. It takes different strokes to move the world. Okay, sorry, I couldn't resist, but for the young people out there that are listening, if there are any, um, that's, that's a theme song to a show called Different Strokes that was like out in the early 80s, which was also sung by Alan Thicke, which again, for the young people, that's Robin Thicke's dad, which I didn't know. It's weird. Okay, but back to my point. So what's good? What's bad? Nothing is universally good or bad. It's all up to perception and who's experiencing it. And after all, good cannot exist without bad, and bad cannot exist without good. That's it for this episode. Hey, thank you for listening. Feel free to let me know what you think on Twitter. You can find me at shetorical, all lowercase. And feel free to suggest words or concepts for future shows. Or hey, tell me what your thoughts are about good and bad. Also, shoot me a review when you can and let me know how I'm doing. If you enjoyed it, tell your friends. If you didn't enjoy it, please don't tell them. Tell me and let me know what I can fix. Please. And thank you. I need to think of some pithy little way to end the show. Some cute little saying, but I have not done that yet. I've been racking my brain trying to think of something clever and, you know, it's, it's just not happening. But for now, what I will say is, I will see you next week.